Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to the Balance Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. Today we have a very phenomenal guest, Mama Medicine. Her real name is Deborah Hanekamp, and you may also know her as fashion's greatest healer, as she was coined in Vogue. And I just think it's so amazing that Vogue wrote an article about a healer in our very amazing wellness, healing, spiritual community. I feel so honored to know Deborah and to have had a very life-changing session with her last season. So sometime in the spring, right before I left for Bali, when I was going through a lot with my health and my life and everything felt really up in the air and she does these incredible medicine readings which we will talk all about in this episode where she draws on different practices that she learned from living in the Amazon jungle going back and forth for a decade working with shamans studying all sorts of different lineages she has such an interesting background And if you listen to this show regularly, then you know my interest runs very deep with shamanism and medicine readings and all things energy work and healing. So of course, Deborah is a very huge inspiration to me. She's an expander in my life, which means she's someone that I hold up in very high regard and thinking of her really helps me expand my own horizons because she's doing something with her life that I not only greatly admire, but would love to be doing something similar one day. But what's really cool is that however I end up doing healing work in the future will be very different than the way that Deborah does it because Deborah has really created her own medicine reading practice. She's apprenticed one person to do work similar to her, but it can't even be the same because you really have to be Deborah to do this exact work. She has been able to see people's auras to see the color that surrounds each each person since she was a child. So her medicine readings are a combination of energy balancing, crystal healing, healing songs, which have lineages in Peru and 
all sorts of other places, I'm sure. And cleansing, blessing, and protecting. She gives homework like healing baths with flowers and essential oils. You can also work with her on Skype. So if you are not currently living or traveling to New York City where she lives and she has her space by Mama Medicine in Soho. She also travels to LA pretty frequently and to some other upcoming places that she tells us about in this episode, but you can also work with her on Skype. So I discovered her because I listened to an episode that she did on Luke Story's podcast. Luke, the lifestylist is his podcast. He's been on this show. I think he was like, my, I don't know, 40th guest or something. It was definitely over a year ago. And I looked to Luke for lots of different alternative healers and holistic treatments and biohacking, lifestyle hacking. I think Luke is completely brilliant. So I listened to his very long and in-depth conversation with Mama Medicine, fell in love with her and wanted to have her on the show, but didn't quite act on it immediately just because, you know, life, life happens. And I knew that she lived in New York. And then when I asked you guys in a poll on Instagram who you wanted to see on the podcast, a bunch of people said, how about Mama Medicine? So there we go. I reached out to her and we ended up doing this. We recorded on Skype and I just want to let you guys know the connection wasn't the best. First of all, Mercury is in retrograde as we recorded this. And secondly, I always think this happens. This also happened with my episode with Marianne the Medium a couple weeks ago. When the energy is really high and the vibration is really high due to just very tapped in people, very spiritually connected people like Deborah and like Marianne. And I like to think myself as well. Sometimes technology can't keep up. And also I believe technology just gets interfered with by that really, really high vibration. So there were many, many times in this conversation where Deborah was cutting out or I was cutting out to her and then I had to ask her to re-say what she said because I really didn't want you guys to miss it. Everything she said is so full of wisdom and medicine. So just bear with us if anything gets fuzzy or if you didn't hear something properly next time I have her on the show, it will be in person, but I didn't want to have to wait just because we live on opposite coasts and just because she's coming to LA the next time I'm in New York, which is hilarious. So I really didn't want to just keep putting it off, especially after my session with her in the spring where she told me that I needed to be writing more fiction and more poetry and kind of walking away from working with so many brands and building up so many brands on my platforms. And if you've noticed, I don't know if you guys follow me on Instagram and my blog, or maybe you just listen to this podcast, or maybe you're new, in which case, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Um, I have really, really started to tone down the brand partnerships, specifically on Instagram. You'll see very few. And that was a really huge way that I made money for many years. And it just started to feel less and less exciting to me. So now I really only work with brands that truly light me up. And I'm working on some other 
facets of my business to introduce new revenue streams. And this podcast is a beautiful one because I love talking about the brands that I work with. But photographing and setting up photo shoots, it just really, really started to feel not like me anymore, not exciting to me, something that didn't set my soul on fire. So Deborah picking up on that when we had our session back in April was really amazing. And then I went to Bali and worked on a ton of poetry, which felt really, really good. It really awakened me in a brand new way that I really needed. I probably wrote 500 poems when I was in uh, Bali. And then when I was water fasting, I wrote a lot of poems too. So I really want to start sharing them more on my social media. I also want to write a book of poems. It's like a healing journey book and fiction, of course, will always have my heart. So I'm transitioning a lot to doing a lot more writing and changing my business to support that and give me the time and the space and the creative juju to do that. And a lot of that is thanks to my conversation with Deborah. So I really want to, I mean, I recorded the session that I had with her and I really want to release it at some point, maybe as a bonus episode, um, just to share with you all what it was like to have a medicine reading with her. And otherwise, we talk a lot about it in this episode. So I want to really get to it. She's so great. Um, we're going to dive into the episode. But before we do, I would like to thank our sponsor for today's show, Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic. Oh my goodness, I could just sing the love song of Four Sigmatic. I use the product every day. It's hugely, hugely a part of my life. I actually just came from a morning coffee date with two of my friends who've both been on this podcast, Kelly Levesque and Suzanne Hall. And we had coffee at Alfred. I brought my own Four Sigmatic so I can make a little chaga latte. I ordered an iced cold brew at Alfred Coffee and I added in my Four Sigmatic Chaga and then I brought my own Stevia, added some Stevia and I added some cinnamon and cacao powder and then it really turned into this beautiful, frothy, delicious medicinal mushroom coffee latte type of thing and that was so good. It has me feeling really awake and really alert and energized. And that is, I guess, will lead me into telling you what adaptogenic mushrooms do. So you've probably heard a lot about adaptogenic coffee and adaptogenic mushrooms lately. And you might be thinking, what the heck are those? Why would I want to drink coffee that is made out of mushrooms? Well, these mushrooms do not taste like the mushrooms that you're used to eating in a vegetable scramble or at a restaurant sauteed. These are adaptogenic mushrooms that are foraged in wherever mushrooms are grown all over the place. Fungi are everywhere, as I've learned from Taro, who started Four Sigmatic. He's taught me a lot. And these mushrooms are foraged and ground into a powder and made into these delicious mushroom coffees, mushroom latte mixes, matchas, teas, all sorts of things. And my favorite is chaga, but there's lots of different types of mushrooms that Four Sigmatic uses in their blends. They also use lion's mane and reishi, cordyceps, 
and a whole host of other mushrooms. There's a lot to learn when you really dig into how many different fungi there are in the mushroom kingdom. And they have all sorts of options. So they have decaf mushroom coffee, or they have caffeinated for people who prefer that boost of caffeine. Or you can do as I did and just add in the adaptogenic mushrooms to coffee. So you're getting that same really roasty blend of coffee that you already love with just some added flavor and some added health benefits. So adaptogens, they really work to bring our body back into balance and homeostasis so that we feel as good as we possibly can. And if we have hormonal imbalances or nutrient deficiencies, adaptogens do their best to bring our body back to a state of balance. I'm a really huge fan of chaga because not only does it make me feel alert and awake and gives me that great jolt of natural clean energy to start my day, but it also, I've really noticed that it has improved my skin and I have a lot of nutrient deficiencies. So I think it's just kind of brought certain vitamins, maybe and minerals back into balance in my body. My skin has been looking a lot better lately. I know my mom, for example, loves the mushroom mocha mix. If you're a coffee person, it's made with cacao. So it's a really healthy kind of hot chocolate beverage type of option. There's so many delicious things. There's also matcha. So head to foursigmatic.com slash blonde to not only shop for Sigmatic, but to see my special page with Four Sigmatic where they, I, I was just so honored by this, although I know they did this with a lot of their bloggers and influencers, but foursigmatic.com slash blonde is my landing page. So it has a photo of me and some quotes from me about why I love Four Sigmatic, what my favorite products are. Then you can easily shop all my favorite shrooms. So all the ones that I talk about, like the beauty blend and the chaga, the matcha, et cetera, you can find on foursigmatic.com slash blonde. And then you can get 15% off by just redeeming that offer from that page. So that will be applied during checkout 50%, 15% off, sorry, not 50, 15. Maybe one day we can do a really big, like 50% off maybe on like my birthday or something. And yes, that would be a birthday present for me, a discount for you guys, because it really brings me great joy to share the products that I love with you guys. So that's that with Four Sigmatic. And I'm really just excited for you to hear everything that Mama Medicine has to say. Again, please forgive us for the Skype connection. It's not the cleanest uh, audio that I've ever had on this podcast, but I always say when the high vibes are rolling, technology really doesn't jive with us. So just bear with us. I think it's still definitely audible in all the good ways. So I hope you enjoy it. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts. I am here with the lovely Deborah Hannacamp. She is fashion's favorite healer, and she's more commonly known in many ways as Mama Medicine. And I had the great pleasure of having a medicine reading from you. 
back in April. I think it was the day before I left for Bali, which was this big solo adventure for me and something that I wasn't sure what I wanted to get out of it and was kind of still trying to figure it out when we talked. And then I was blown away by your gift and how much you were able to tap into what I needed and what I needed from Bali, but also just what I was going through in my life at that time a few months ago. So that was pretty incredible. And I'm excited to share your work with everybody listening. So Deborah, just introduce yourself to our Soul on Fire tribe. Tell us Hello, everyone. about you. <laughs> Yay. First of all, I'm just so honored to be on this podcast and thank you so much for thinking of me with this and for helping spread the love and medicine. It's really, it's an honor to be here and an honor to have the chance for my work with all of you. I started with healing work at a very young age. So I started about 17 years ago and basically like my early life was pretty challenging. It was pretty tumultuous and it left me completely on my own when I was 17. And, you know, up until 17, I had been like going out and partying and just kind of being really self-destructive. And then at 17, I had a series of several wake-up calls and I stopped drinking a lot and I became a vegetarian and I did practicing meditation, started practicing yoga and that kind of like just really, really was my, my calling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I really feel like so so grateful actually for the challenging upbringing having led me to being completely on my own at 17 and totally self-sufficient and not having anyone to fall back on and not having any place to go back to that was home. And so sort of you can't go back. So the only way you can go is forward. I've always been able to see colors around people. I think we're all energetically sensitive in different ways. And my energy sensitivity would able to see auras around people. And so that's always made me more sort of mystically curious. And so yoga and meditation felt really good for me. And then I back and forth to Thailand over the course of five years and I studied Reiki. When I was 17, I had like three really strong traumas that gave me a massive wake-up call and it made me really reevaluate my life and if I would continue to go down one path it would lead to destruction and if I would go down another it would lead to the unknown and I thought anything would be better than destruction and anything would be better than where I would be coming from. So I went down the path of the unknown and I got really into yoga and meditation and 
I became a vegetarian just because I really love animals and don't want to eat them. And I traveled back and forth from Thailand over the course of five years. And, you know, I was like, I was totally on my own when I was 17. I didn't have like a, a place I could go back to. So I really just could only rely on myself. And so during this like massive self-development study, I also was teaching yoga and I had started doing healing sessions and also just to like pay rent and bills. I was bartending and doing all sorts of other like odd jobs here and there. And yeah, I went back and forth to Thailand for five years. I studied Reiki and chakra balancing and sound healing, crystal healing. And then when I was 24, I opened up a yoga studio and healing center. And at the same time, as I opened up that business, I met a healer from Peru. And he was like, you are a shaman. You have to come and train with me. And so I started traveling with him all over the world and back and forth to Peru several times and did a whole shamanic apprenticeship over the course of eight years, going back and forth from Peru to New York. And at the end of that eight years, I received an initiation, which basically was in that lineage was basically like, okay, you're now a shaman and you can do you can lead your own ayahuasca ceremonies. And that initiation involved like, you know, um, going deep into the jungle, finding a vine of ayahuasca, taking two weeks to cook my own ayahuasca. It was like a, it was a whole like really beautiful thing. But also at the end of that, I decided I did not want to lead ayahuasca ceremonies, which for those of you who don't know, ayahuasca is a plant um, medicine with the mixture. It's a mixture of a vine and a leaf. And it basically is like an eight-hour, very powerful um, psychedelic journey. And is when done properly, I would say, is guided by someone who has a lot of experience with this particular kind of plant medicine and the spirits around it. I didn't want to lead ayahuasca ceremonies for a couple of reasons. One was because, you know, when I had gotten into the ayahuasca world eight years before, no one really knew what ayahuasca was at all. And if you were doing it, you were taking it very seriously and it was done in a very sacred setting. And then fast forward eight years later and it was like, you know, any anywhere you go on a Friday night in New York City, you could do an ayahuasca ceremony. And there were a lot of people, you know, having gone to the jungle one time or done like, you know, five ayahuasca ceremonies and then calling themselves a shaman and going and getting ayahuasca and leading ayahuasca ceremonies and mixing it with drugs and things like that. And so I didn't really feel like it was my world. 
I also like, I deeply, deeply respect the culture that I got to spend time with, with the ayahuasca world. And I did, I do like recognize that I am like a young white American woman. And you could easily assume that I am one of these people who just, you know, did a couple ayahuasca ceremonies and then calling themselves the shamans. You know, I didn't want to set an example that it was like safe to just go like drink a little bit of ayahuasca and then start leading your ayahuasca ceremonies. Just because the way that I was taught was like, you really have to take time with the plants. You really have to spend a long time with the plants and you have to learn how to sing to them. And I think just out of respect for how I was taught, I didn't want to represent this new wave of the ayahuasca world that I saw. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I Just to jump in, and then I want to keep hearing your story. I have not tried ayahuasca yet, but I have felt this really, really intense calling from the plant for maybe about six months now, probably because I've gotten so sick and I have this, I have this extreme desire to explore why I'm so sick and maybe how that relates to past life, karma, and all sorts of things. So when you first brought up ayahuasca, I was thinking like, oh my gosh, can you lead me through an ayahuasca ceremony? Because of course I trust you and I've been looking for the right situation. But it sounds like you chose not to lead them, which I totally respect also. Yeah. I mean, there, there's also this piece where I didn't want to give people something from outside of themselves in order to heal themselves. Because I really do believe that we have all of the tools and medicine within us to heal ourselves. And, you know, in spending so many years with ayahuasca and I, you know, I've done hundreds and hundreds of ayahuasca ceremonies. Like, you know, I've spent like 10 days drinking water and ayahuasca only and things like that, you know? And so it was also like this message from ayahuasca of, I, I will work through you. Like you don't need to give people a cup of anything because my consciousness will work through you. And so I think like a medicine reading is almost like a mini ayahuasca ceremony where you get these, like you get the healing consciousness of the plants around you through the ikaros that are used and also just like whatever that consciousness wants to do through me, plus what everything else that is incorporated into a medicine reading, but without actually doing the ayahuasca ceremony. Okay. That makes so much sense because after I did the session with you, the medicine reading with you, I felt like I felt, well, you tapped into the deepest part of me and I bet that that is a lot like using the plant through you because what we gained from that reading and what you shared with me, um, which we can get into later in the conversation because I think it's really interesting. I'm sure that is a lot 
like doing ayahuasca. So my question for you, because I can't get past this, is you said you spent 10 days drinking water and ayahuasca. What was that like? It's like all all of your ideas of who you think you are and what you think you need being just so massively shaken up and cleansed out. And then this feeling of like simplicity, like real simplicity, because also like in that context, you know, all your toiletries are taken away. Like you can't even brush your teeth. Wow. Of the, the Amazon, you know, um, you're just sleeping in like a teeny tiny bed, like, but you have everything that you need, you know? And I think that that's a really amazing thing to understand in this day and age where we have such a massive consumer culture. Like it's so incredibly satisfying and confidence building to understand how very little we need. That is so true. And to a very small degree, I experienced something like that a couple months ago when I spent the month of May doing a water fast where there was no plant medicine involved, but I only consumed water for two weeks. And it was a similar kind of thing where you can't brush your teeth. You're not supposed to shower or bathe or really do anything that could deplete your electrolytes. So no hot showers or anything. And it was pretty amazing just to realize how resilient the body is on its own. And that was a little different because it wasn't the same type of spiritual experience, but it had its very own spiritual elements to it as well. Yeah. I mean, I I do think actually a water fast is an incredibly spiritual experience or anything that gets you a little bit closer to simplicity. Like you're really, you really can't do that much when you're on a water fast. Like you kind of, you're forced to just totally relax. You can't do anything. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even have the brain power to do things I thought I might do, like laying in bed and writing or laying in bed and blogging. That was not going to happen. I basically just had to surrender to just, to just being. And I couldn't even walk down the stairs, just had to be comfortable with, with laying down and sitting down and surrendering to my own thoughts. How did you feel at the end of that? I felt amazing. It was the best I've felt in a long time. This was before I was diagnosed with Lyme, but after I had been suffering from Lyme for a long time. So it alleviated so many of my symptoms the full body rash that I had going into the water fast went away and I had so much energy. I was able to, once I weaned off of the fast with juice and fruit and then eventually food and cooked food, I was able to eat food without these debilitating stomach problems that I've had for a really long time. I was sleeping well 
I was bouncing off the walls with energy and I had this deep appreciation for my life that I did not have going into it because all of a sudden everything was special. Everything was exciting after being completely alone and isolated and unable to participate in my life for two weeks. But as you know, two weeks of solitude can feel so long. It can feel like months. My zest for life was back. And then, of course, I was diagnosed with Lyme shortly after. And I started treatments and that has been a whole different process. But I have such respect for the water fast. And I think I think it's something everybody should experience at some point. Yeah, I think that fasting is actually, you know, in almost every sort of spiritual tradition, there is this aspect of fasting and withdrawal and like going into hermit mode. And I think it is a really powerful tool for self-discovery because you start to understand your capacity for stamina and endurance and you, you break boundaries that you might have had before with these like old outdated narratives of like, I can't this, I can't that, I can't go two hours without eating. And when I do eat, it has to be this way. It's like, you actually, you you actually like need very, very little. Exactly. So you realize how powerful you are and how powerful our bodies are, which is amazing. So Okay, so now I'll I'll have you continue on with your story. So you had been saying you opened the yoga studio when you were only 24. That's so young to have a brick and mortar business. What was that like? Well, you know, I'm in the spiritual world, but I would consider myself actually very type A. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the the yoga studio and the healing center, it came about... um, actually after five years of planning it. So I started planning it and like saving up for it when I was 19. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So like it, it finally opened when I was 24, but I, I had already worked really hard for it by the time it opened and it was, it was in Williamsburg and, uh, in Brooklyn. And I had like a backyard with a fireplace and the upstairs was the yoga studio and the downstairs was like all these different healing treatment rooms and steam room and oh it was amazing that sounds so beautiful yeah yeah oh my gosh yeah the community that was built there was just so incredible like and now that community is spread out all over the world and like Brazil and Australia and Europe and because New York is such a trend, you know. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, but I mean, you, you know, at 24, I just, I was so serious. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know how, I don't know how else to put it. Like, I, you know, I had like very serious meditation practice and I had a like very serious practice and you know I I stopped like partying and going out and all that kind of stuff when I was 17 I from 12 
17, I got all of that kind of stuff out of my system. And so I had really been in my adult life from 17 till 24 when I opened it. So my body was 24, but I felt a little bit more like I was 44, Mm -hmm. you know? Old soul. (laughs) Yeah, I, I worked really hard on it. And after five years, I kind of started to totally burn out with all of it because I was doing this really intensive training, going back and forth from the Amazon. So there was a lot for me to process. And I was really working on building up all of the yoga teachers, careers, and the healers and the massage therapists. And like, I was basically focused on building everyone else up except for myself and my business really suffered because of that. (laughs) That makes a ton of sense. And I think... If that's not your calling, it makes sense that it, it eventually that would burn you out. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was really beautiful because I, it was like, I thought I had to, the, my way of helping people would be teaching yoga. And for me, it would be doing Reiki. And I thought maybe it would be leading ayahuasca ceremonies. But actually, all of those different, traditions that I was using, I was hiding behind. And, you know, they're not, they're not mine. They're not of me. And so I really had to come, come to terms with what I've always had, like ever since I was a child, which is being able to see really a lot about people when I first meet them and have also a strong desire to help heal the world. Oh my and, gosh, that is so cool. Yeah, it's I'm, like focus time, you know? It is. <laughs> All right, just a brief interruption from this episode with Mama Medicine to talk about Thrive Market, our very special partner on this show who I'm so in love with all of the time. We have a new offer from Thrive for you guys. When you go to thrivemarket.com slash blonde, you will receive 25% off of your first order. So that's thrivemarket.com slash blonde. And let me tell you a bit about Thrive Market, why it's amazing, why I love it. Thrive Market is a revolutionary online marketplace that is on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. It's a website where you can shop for thousands of the best-selling non-GMO foods and natural products, always at 25 to 50% below below traditional retail prices. So the reason why they're able to do that is because they go directly to the brand. They don't have middlemen between the brand and their marketplace. So they don't have to jack up the prices, which is pretty amazing. You'll be able to find things on Thrive Market at such affordable prices. You won't even believe it. You can get some of my favorite products, like of course, Four Sigmatic, which we were just talking about in the intro of this show. You can get Coco Kind Skincare, which is my dear friend Priscilla's company. We're going to have her on the podcast soon, but Priscilla has all these amazing beauty products that are completely natural. She has these new beauty highlighters that have chaga and mushrooms in them that I've been using all the time. You can shop her products on Thrive Market. 
And you can basically get everything you need from non-GMO food and snacks to vitamins and supplements, home care, pet food, eco-friendly cleaning supplies, non-toxic beauty, kitchen staples, baby food. I mean, the list goes on. I won't keep talking and talking because you can head to thrivemarket.com slash blonde and search yourself. And the really cool thing, so if you're kind of thinking like, oh, well, I already shop on Amazon or somewhere else, more than 70% of the Thrive Market catalog is actually not found on Amazon. So if you order everything on Amazon the way that I get in the habit of doing, you might actually be missing out on some of these really beneficial, healthy, non-GMO products that they have on Thrive Market. So they have groceries, which is really nice. You don't have to go to the grocery store. And also all of their packaging and boxes and inserts are made from recycled paper and are totally recyclable. So there's 100% zero waste. They're the first company in the country to go zero waste. So by shopping Thrive Market, you're really doing a good thing for the world, which you can feel good about. And then you can navigate the site really easily. So you can just type in categories like vegan, baby food. I don't know why I keep talking about babies. I'm not having babies very soon, but I don't know. I have a lot of friends who are pregnant. So I think it's just on my mind. Um, non-GMO, paleo, all that kind of stuff. So you can get 25% off your first order plus a free 30-day trial by going to thrivemarket.com slash blonde. And then even after that offer, Thrive Market's prices are already up to 50% off. So with that extra 25% off and the free 30-day trial, you're getting like 75% off of these things that you'd be buying elsewhere. So that's really exciting. Head to thrivemarket.com slash blonde and let me know what you order. Tag me in your opening, your unboxing on Instagram. It's always one of my favorite things. So much of this resonates so deeply with me being 27 and being an old soul myself and um, having stopped drinking and partying several years ago as well and taking life really, really seriously, building a business at 23 and taking it so seriously that I wouldn't even break myself away from the computer to meet a friend for coffee. Like I was rigid, rigid, rigid. And lately... I have been feeling a little bit of what you're describing, which is which is kind of like thinking that all these different spiritual modalities are going to be my thing, my way to heal the world, my contribution to the community, whether it be Kundalini or Reiki or human design or mediumship or shamanism even. So what would be your tips like for me and for everybody listening who feels the same way for really honing in and focusing on you to figure out like, what are you hiding behind? What's the difference between hiding behind something and having your natural gift? Well, you know, I first, I just want to say that like, these different traditions really have a lot of medicine in them. And so for some people, it is their calling for sure to teach yoga or practice Reiki because there is 
there is just like so much medicine in that tradition and people really need that and benefit a lot from that. And so it's not like it's wrong to not be doing your own thing, you know? Yeah. But for me, it was like nothing fit, right? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I had been going at a, by the time I was 27 for a decade, And then, you know, later when I was 30 and I gave birth to my daughter, I was just like, okay, well, what is the one thing that I want to teach this little girl? Like, whoa, I had a girl. Like, I don't want her to have to learn the same lessons that I did. Yeah. Um, And so I realized like the most important thing that I want to teach her is confidence. And that I have to be a representative of confidence to her. And so that's when I really reassessed my work. And I realized that, like, I, in order to really be confident in my work, I have to really truly be myself. And that's how Medicine Readings was born. Like, I literally just sat down and asked the universe, How do you want to work through me? And I got this whole download. Um, you're going to do medicine readings. This is how it's going to work. And it's incorporating the different traditions that you deeply love and respect. But at the same time, it is of you, you know? Wow. With like all the eight years that I spent in the Amazon and like, there's so much I learned about the plants there. And like, there's so much about the culture there that I learned the only part of my entire training that truly felt like it was mine was using the Icaros, the medicine songs, mm-hmm. because the Icaros, you, you, you don't just like learn how to make the sounds and then you learn an Icaro. You, or the way I was taught is that you have to actually really know the plant that you're singing to. So you would have had to have had a dieta with them, which is you spend at least eight days in the jungle fasting and drinking a tea and infusion with this plant. And then you take on that plant spirit and then you can sing to that plant. And so like that, that time and the Icaros that came through for me during my training really felt like mine. So I was like, okay, I'll keep that and the crystal, like a lot of the crystals I use, I've found or they've been given to me. The crystals felt like mine. It felt really like authentic to me. So, okay, I'll use that. Reading the aura, seeing, seeing the aura, I've always been able to do that. That's how I can see so much about people. So, okay, I'll keep that. Like everything that really felt truly and authentically mine is what a medicine reading is. You know, even, even the bath, like everything. Yeah. So when people ask you then, what is a medicine reading? Because I'm sure a lot of people listening, that would be one of their first questions is what, what is that? Like, what does that even mean? Then your answer would be, it's something that you created. It's something that was channeled through you. It's not necessarily something that other people also do. Yeah, no, no, nobody else can do a medicine reading. I have a apprentice that 
has been training with me now for five years and or six years now. And she just started to also offer medicine readings. And that feels really good because she's spent so much time in my work and she has her own way of seeing auras. Like I can't necessarily teach her how to see auras. So that was something that she already naturally had. But now like the techniques and the modality, I feel comfortable passing down to her because she's taken time to really digest the information that has come through and really experience what it is like to work with me and be in my energy. I mean, I think that's so special. And I think it really speaks to how how you it is like how how much this is your calling that it's not it's not even something that you're trying to build into this big this big thing that other people can do and that other people can share i think that's really cool it's like your your legacy that will live on and it is amazing that you have an apprentice that can that can replicate it and do do it in her own way i mean I can't believe she's been with you for five years. That's quite the training process. It's just that I think that there's something to be said for like slow medicine and slow learning and um, really taking time to like digest the information that we are taking in before and integrate it before we offer it to others. You know, with Reiki, for example, I love the idea of like you do your Reiki level one attunement and then you take a year and you integrate and you digest Reiki level one and you start practicing at that level before you go to level two. Like I think that we in in our consumer culture, we also consume a lot spiritually and it may be that like what we are consuming now, it's maybe a little too soon because we haven't yet digested and integrated what we had just consumed a week ago. Yeah. So I feel like that old school style of apprenticeship and going really slow and spending eight years and that, that feels, that feels really good to me. That absolutely does. I think that calls in patience which I personally don't have a ton of, but <laughs> I'm learning. And oh my gosh, it feels like you're a mind reader because this morning, maybe 30 minutes before we talked, I was I was getting impatient thinking about Reiki and thinking about um, texting my Reiki master and asking her if we could do Reiki 2, like immediately. I did Reiki 1 with her a while ago, maybe like nine months ago. And I've let it soak in. And I don't think Reiki is my path necessarily, but I absolutely love it. And it's so funny that you bring that up and so timely because the truth is there's no rush. And any rush that I was starting to feel in my heart is is just for outer reasons, kind of like looking, like you said, to maybe hide behind it or to give give me some instant gratification of like moving forward in my spiritual practice when really it's all in my hands no matter what just the the self practice at home 
So what does a typical medicine reading look like if someone were to come to you? Just one thing before you answer your question is to your point with what you were saying, I think it's so important to understand that you already are spiritual. That like you don't need any like certification or piece of paper to prove that. Like we, we all are already so spiritual because of our capacity to love. Amen. I couldn't agree more. The whole certification thing, it, it frustrates me. I'm not talking about Reiki in particular, but just in general. And I think so many of us, especially people who, who are eager to help and to heal and to be healers, we feel like we have to collect certifications, collect these pieces of paper just to be, just to be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Trustworthy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just, just to be like, um, people, yeah, trustworthy is the word that comes to mind. It's not the perfect word, but this is what my scatterbrain does to me (laughs) with Lyme. Um, but to be able to practice, to be legitimate, Um, and I've found like when you go beyond those certifications and those pieces of paper and those definitions and labels of what a healer has to look like or what anything has to look like, that's where the magic happens. And your, your business is a testament to that, given that medicine readings were channeled through you. It's not something that some, that someone could be certified in. And you know, it came to me after like somewhere around a decade and a half on a really deep spiritual journey mm-hmm. and deeply dedicated. Like this is the only thing that I've ever done. I never had there like it, but at the same time, it's like, I think that people now that are waking up and realizing like they want to help the world, they want to make a positive change. They want to help to heal. Like, I think if that is coming from a really true and authentic place, then that is all that is needed. And I think the newer healer before her goals and the, the, the people like me who like, this is the only thing I've ever done are there for helping people who are maybe like a little bit further along on their path, you know? I think, so I, I think too. there's room for everyone, you know, and I think like we, you know, eventually maybe when all our human family is woken, we will all realize that we are healers, you know? Yeah. And with medicine readings, when you come, you, we sit down together, we'll talk about anything you're looking to call in or clear out in your life right now. I work with a lot of people who are just waking up to the idea that they might be spiritual. I work with a lot of people who are dealing with health issues, fertility issues, uh, relationship work, all, all of that good stuff, like location, all of that good stuff. We talk about it and then we sit together for a while and I read your aura in depth. And then I tell you what I see coming up that could be blocking you or hidden talents and gifts. And then I have you lay down and we do a whole 
healing ceremony with scent and sound and like a lot of distance healing. Um, and then after that, I give you tools that you can take home to really be your own healer, because that's one of the most important takeaways that I want people to have when they come to see me, like that they feel empowered, that they have the tools to heal themselves. So I prescribe a ritual bath for you and also spiritual homework. That is so beautiful and so cool. And I think we should tell everybody listening about the session that we did together, the medicine reading that you did for me. I don't know if you remember as clearly as I do some of what came through because you do so many. I wouldn't I I wouldn't I would be surprised if you remembered everything that came through, but I personally will never forget much of what you touched on, which the really really big takeaway for me was that you immediately picked up on the fact that I that that my soul wanted and needed to write more and to write fiction and poetry and not get so caught up in always writing for work and blogging and focusing on building up other brands through my website and through my blog. And it was astounding to me that that is what you picked up on. And the homework that you prescribed for me was to write fiction and write poetry and write for fun and kind of like be a little kid again. And I have to tell you, and I haven't been able to tell you this yet, when I went to Bali, which was just right after we talked, I channeled poetry the whole entire time I was there. I probably wrote maybe 500 poems. And yeah, it completely woke up my soul. And I've never been a poet. Like as a writer, I've always been much more of a fiction writer or just a real life lifestyle blogger writer. Um, So the poetry was crazy and it was coming through so strongly. If I walked around Bali, I would have to keep my phone out and write poems while I walked just constantly, 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 because they just never stopped coming through. And wow. Yeah. And it was beautiful and exciting and amazing. And since then, I have not been writing very much poetry because I really haven't been so tapped in because I've been kind of at a low vibration being so sick and not really giving myself the time and the spiritual the spiritual practices that I need to tap into that but um the fact that you picked up on that it was it was everything to me it was amazing I really feel that that is so true for you. Like, I, I love hearing that. I love hearing about the after effects from medicine reading because I think that, like, there's this real beauty of timing. Like, you will have the medicine reading when you're ready. Like, the money comes through for it. The timing is right. And if you're not ready, it will just be so blocked from happening, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's like, yeah, there's a lot of like divine timing in it. And I feel like 
we were able to have that medicine reading because you were in the place where you were open to receiving that medicine. You know, you were ready for it. I was. I was so ready for it. And we did... We did say at the beginning of the reading, because I told you it's funny timing. I'm leaving for Bali tomorrow. I'm really sick. And you were like, oh, this is perfect. I'm so glad I'm catching you before you go on this trip. And it was truly amazing. So another really big part of what you share in your readings is the color that you see around people. Um, can you describe to us what that looks like? Like, what do you see? Is it something that comes into your third eye? Do you see it when you are looking at the person or I'm just fascinated, fascinated by this? Yeah. So I see colors around people, like just eyes open, like walking down the street and objects and plants. Um, like the Statue of Liberty has an aura, like, you know, things like that. What color is the Statue of Liberty, Zora? Yellow, like Mm. bright yellow. Cool. (laughs) Wow. So does that get distracting living in such a busy city? Well, I have always seen this way. So no. And it's like you it's like you don't make eye contact with every single person you pass on the street like it kind of you know especially like here in Soho it just all becomes this like big blur Mm -hmm. um and so it's kind of the same with the aura it's like I'm not deeply looking into everybody's aura when I'm passing them and even if I am like looking at somebody and just having a normal conversation with them I'm not like sitting there thinking about their aura, I'm focusing on the conversation that I'm having with them. Same as like, you might not remember somebody's eye color, like after you're done having a conversation with them. That's true. So you're just used to it because it's just a part of who you are. Yeah. So I don't, I don't remember what, well, I do remember what you said the first time, but what, what color is my aura right now? Well, you have some magenta and green and your blue, which I feel like is a pretty consistent one for you. Mm-hmm. The magenta is new love, like newfound love. And it can be newfound love, like as in passion. It can be newfound love for life. Green mm. uh, is like a natural kind of healing energy. It's like a deep connection to the earth and just a ton of compassion. There's a little bit of like a red in there too, like being material world focused at this time. Uh huh. Like we have a lot of like house questions. Oh, that makes sense. Interesting. But the orange themselves, they look. It looks like a watercolor painting. That's beautiful. That's such a cool thing to see. Yeah, it looks like an abstract watercolor painting, kind of. Oh my gosh. <laughs> can, can you see your own aura? You know what? I didn't think I could, but I'm starting to think that like when I close my eyes, I always kind of see a violet first and then some other colors. And I think that is me seeing my own aura. But when I look in the mirror, no. Yeah. Or, 
stuff or other people in photographs. No. Yeah. That's very, very cool. Yeah. Wow. So what are some of your own spiritual practices? I really love being alone, but I have this really idea of being alone is very hard to come by. Yes, you're a mama. And so my, and lately too, my husband and my daughter have been like talking to me at the same time. They're both <laughs> asking different questions and having different conversations with both at the same time. So I'm okay. I need my alone time. Yes. So I wake up two hours before they do. So I wake up at like 4.30 or 5. And then I have my hour of meditation, which is just really simply sitting in silence and stillness. And then I do some breathing exercises in my yoga practice. And then either I'll go for a run or go to a workout class. And then that kind of sets me up for my day of medicine reading. And, you know, after that two hours, usually either my daughter or my husband will wake up. And so I'll have our morning time together. And then I go into work and I feel totally like awake and present with my clients. Beautiful. So you go into your, to your space that you have. Yeah. To this beautiful sanctuary in the middle of Soho. <laughs> it looks so gorgeous in photos. Like that is going to be my first stop when I get to New York in October before you leave. It's, it's really, really special. It took me six months to find a place because, you know, real estate is so tricky and also I am so incredibly picky about spaces like I can feel if they're haunted feel who was in here before feel what the landlords are like so it's really like my core real estate broker <laughs> right oh my gosh but that's that's special that's necessary you have that type A entrepreneurial gene in you, no matter how shamanistic you are. Yeah. And one more brief interruption to talk about Daily Harvest, another sponsor of this show that I am madly in love with. So Daily Harvest is my absolute go-to lately for smoothies on the go and for all sorts of plant-based deliciousness. So when I need healthy fuel very fast, I know exactly where to turn, which is Daily Harvest. They offer perfectly portioned cups of frozen organic fruits and vegetables directly to your door. All you have to do is add water or your favorite nut milk to your cup and then just blend or heat if it's a soup and it's that easy. Then I just pour from the blender right back into the cup, the Daily Harvest scent, and I drink it from there. So I can drink it on my morning walk around Brentwood or when I'm getting ready here around the house. And it's all of the ingredients that I would be using in my smoothie, except already chopped and frozen to perfection. So their new savory harvest bowls are also delicious. I think that you'll like those too, but I really am much more of a smoothie person. My go-to is their mint cacao. Like everything that is mint chocolate is my favorite thing in the world. So I would highly, highly recommend that flavor. It's the best. 
It's pretty unbeatable. So I just prepare that, like I said, by pouring it into the blender, adding some nut milk, usually almond milk or sometimes macadamia nut milk because I've been into that ever since going to Hawaii and blend, pour back into the cup. It's that easy. So their new plant-based ready-to-blend smoothies have me excited about starting my day. I usually have it post coffee, which I've been back on the coffee train lately. And all of them pack in at least 10 grams of protein with no chalky powders. It's just all the natural products. And they are really, really high vibe about where they get their products from. All their different ingredients are from trustworthy places and they're picked like the fruit is picked and the vegetables when they're at their ripest. So you don't have to worry about that whole frozen fruit vegetable issue. It's picked and frozen at its ripest, which I think really sets Daily Harvest apart from their competitors in the market, which I don't even know that many competitors in the market, but it does set them apart. So Daily Harvest, all portable, fueling on the go, super delicious. Go to dailyharvest.com and enter the promo code SOUL, that's S-O-U-L, to get three cups free in your first box. That's promo code SOUL for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com. So don't forget that little dash, daily-harvest.com, code SOUL. Can't wait to hear what your favorites are on the go deliciousness. Tell me everything when you try it. And yay, back to this episode with Deborah. So I'll ask you some rapid fire questions that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. What are your sun, rising, and moon signs? I am a Scorpio sun, a Leo rising, and a Cancer moon. (gasps) Beautiful. (laughs) When's your birthday? November 6th. Ooh, that's a good day. I love Scorpios. I'm a Libra and I'm a Cancer moon also. Oh, love. yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Those Cancer moons. We have such big hearts. We're so emotionally tapped in. Yeah. Beyond. Definitely. If you were an animal, what animal would you be? A bumblebee. Why? Always busy. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Night person or morning person? Definitely morning. Definitely not a night person. I mean, with your 4.30 wake-up call, I would hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite crystal? Ooh. Hmm. I have a really special um, Lemurian seed quartz. That's my favorite. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Who are some of your teachers and mentors? My biggest teachers are Mother Earth and love. And the people that I really look up to in this lifetime are definitely Oprah. Like, I think she's just so amazing. (laughs) I think so too. She's incredible. She's just like a whole like a whole nother person. Um, and I think that I'm also really inspired by people who are just really considerate, like the people that are helping, you know, a mom carry the stroller up the stairs 
So I, I see a lot of that like in women here in New York and some men too. And I'm just really inspired by compassion, the compassion I see in people. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Um, what is one thing you've never been asked in an interview that you wish you had been asked? Oh, wow. This is a tough one. I'm Very sorry, tough. you're not going so rapid with these rapid fire Oh, questions. I know. They never are. I should probably come up with a new name for them. I, I just, I really, I like all the questions that I've been asked. I don't feel like there's too much of a lack there. Oh, where, maybe where is one place in the world that I would want to go that I haven't been yet. Yeah. yeah. I really love travel so much. Now I have to answer that question. Yeah. So what is it? There's like a thousand different places, but hmm, I think it would be really amazing to spend some time in Alaska. Oh yeah. All right. Well, then your homework from this podcast is to book a trip to Alaska <laughs> sometime within the next year. How okay. about that? That sounds good. <laughs> I love I love that for you. Uh, what is the hardest thing that you've ever been through? Oh my gosh. There's been so much. Like if you would have seen my early life, it would be kind of amazing to see me where I'm standing now. But, you know, I think actually closing my yoga studio and healing center was one of the hardest things that I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it felt like failure. It felt like loss of community, like letting people down. It also felt like the only thing, the only like option that I had. So that was, yeah, that was a really hard moment for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was your baby. It was one of your first babies. That makes sense to me. Oh, well, this is a funny question to ask you. I feel like I might've already asked you this, but I always ask everyone, if you were a color, what color would you be? Ooh, orange. And why? Why orange? Because it is so surprising. It is. It's a bright, bright and fun one too. So what is on the horizon for you? Well, let's see. I just released BYOH, which stands for Be Your Own Healer. And it's an online offering that I have on my website. It's super accessible and it's giving people a little channeled message, the ceremony part of a medicine reading and different rituals and tools that they can use to be their own healer. So it's like my main takeaway is that come up in medicine readings, I'm offering in this way for people to be able to do the work on their own. And you can expect a book, you know, you can expect more travel. I'll be out in LA in October and Miami in November and Europe in, in the winter. And so definitely more travel. And always just more growth with medicine readings and medicine reading ceremonies. Well, that's exciting. So everybody listening in each of those cities and places will have to keep their eye out for you. Yep. 
I'll have it all up on my website. Okay, good. Um, and speaking of, what is your website, Instagram, et cetera, so everybody can find you? So my website is mamamedicine.nyc. My Instagram is mamamedicine. And those are the two main places where you can follow everything that I'm doing. Woohoo. So fun. And then this is just like a personal question, but I'm sure other people might be interested too. Um, For those of us who are interested in going to Peru and doing some kind of shaman experience there, maybe not a full apprenticeship, but even just like um, an ayahuasca ceremony or a week-long immersion or retreat, do you have recommendations? It's, it's hard to say. Like, I just don't feel very comfortable recommending anybody um, or anywhere just because like Peru itself and the Amazonian port cities are so dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I would never want to recommend someone to go somewhere and then have something bad happen and be like, oh, mama medicine told me to go. Right, right. (laughs) Well, Um, that makes sense. I would say like tips for if you're thinking about going to Peru, if you are a young woman, do not go alone. Like definitely bring a friend with you. Speaking Spanish really helps. So if both of you or one of you speak Spanish, that would be very helpful. Triple check your references of where you're going. Like if someone's like, oh, you should go to this one place in Peru for a dieta. Wait until you hear that recommendation two more times before you even think about going. Don't trust every place that has a website because there's a lot of like people down there who will be like, oh, you know, come do a dieta here and we'll teach you how to be a shaman if you pay this certain amount of money. And that is really not how it works. Yeah. If if you go really like really think about the people, you know, when we when us Americans and foreigners travel to Peru, we have such an amazing opportunity to give, you know, like to the children that we see, to the old women, you know, working so working their fingers to the bone to make some beautiful textile to try to sell. So really think about the people. Like it's such a good place to, you know, buy like a, a fruit smoothie for someone or like bring extra money to give to people. Those are really helpful tips. I didn't realize it was so dangerous. Yeah, it's very dangerous. Like the the reason why I can't recommend my teacher is because there was like a lot of like chaos around his house where he receives people and like gun violence. Um, and so I I feel like I can I just cannot tell people to go there because it's just too dangerous. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. yeah, that makes so much sense. Well, that's really important information to know to really do a ton of research, get a lot of references, and don't go alone. Noted. Yeah. Very much noted. Because it yeah. seems it seems like, I mean, I was thinking of it as like a potential solo trip. So I'm happy that you said that. Yeah. I mean, I, I went alone 
almost every time I went. But I also feel like I got really lucky. And I also, I'm like a little rusty with my Spanish now, but I also spoke Spanish like pretty, pretty well, like pretty fluently and also have like a ton of kind of like street smart because of my past. And so would really know like which, you know, taxi not to get into and this kind of thing. Mm, That's helpful. And like, I'm not afraid to yell at a taxi driver. (laughs) 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 So like there's that too. Like you just, you know. Yeah, Um, that's good. Yeah. If I were to go again now, I would not go alone, you know? Right. So when was the last time that you were there? Um, my family and I actually moved down there when my daughter was two. We like put all our stuff in storage and we moved down there and we stayed for a while. And then we were like, we, we just don't see ourselves raising her here. So we came back up to New York. New York just like is a vacuum, by the way. It just like keeps on calling me back. Like every time I've tried to leave, I just have to be doing the work I'm doing here for some reason. Yeah, it is. It sucks you in that city. Yeah. Wow. So you don't see yourself moving or living in Peru again or just at this stage while your daughter's young? No, I don't. I I love Peru so much. Like I probably will go there again for sure. Um, the Amazon jungle, like the first time I was there, I really just felt so at home. And everybody who goes is so afraid of it. But I just like saw so much beauty in it when I was there. So if I can go again in a way with a cause that is helping protect that beautiful place, I will definitely do that. Um, But I also like the world is so big and there's so many places I haven't seen yet. And, you know, I want to travel to other lands now as well. Yes. Like Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or Bali. Yeah, Bali, Bali. Oh, you would love it. Well, let me know if you if you have plans to go there and I will give you all the recommendations that I have. And then just one one last question for you that pops into my head. With all the medicine readings that you do, how do you protect your own energy? I stay in the vibration of love because love is the most powerful force in it that, that there is to me, I keep myself in that vibration. And so when you come for a medicine reading, you're not really meeting me with how I identify myself. You are meeting a person that is just seeing you and the love within you and how that love wants to work through you. And so I really let like check my ego at the door when it's medicine reading time. And then I pick it back up when I leave the door because I need it to survive in the world. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's beautiful. That's really, really cool. And how would you... So for people listening who would like to do that, but aren't sure how to stay in the vibration of love, 
how do you do that? Is it like a meditation practice beforehand or anything specific that we could take away? Think about what you love most in this world. Like if you are in a moment where you feel like you really need protection and you feel like you are energetically unsafe, just take a second to close your eyes and focus in on what you love the most in this world and then watch how that changes the energetic vibration around you. Mm, I love that. There's so much that I could say to the protection piece though. Like there's, that's like, I'm giving you as short of an answer as possible. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah. well, what else would you say about protection? A lot of times, like if you're, if we're talking about like in like an, and from an energetic place, but you know, there's no real difference between what is happening vibrationally or materially. So if you find yourself constantly in need of protection, look at what it is within you that is attracting those attacks. Like a lot of times if you are getting psychically attacked or like attacked, it's because you are in a way often attacking yourself and maybe attacking others. And, you know, this, one of the perks of like having been doing this work for so long is in the beginning, I had like really challenging clients often because I was, you know, I was in a different place with my own journey and I, I needed to like raise my vibration up. So I was attracting the clients that would challenge me in a way to do that. Mm. Um, and now I can honestly say like, I love my clients. Like they're such cool people. Like they're, we all have our own shit. Like we all have stuff that we're going through, but the, the people that come from medicine readings are like awe inspiringly amazing people. And I feel like that has a lot to do with me raising my vibration to attract that energy. You know, if you feel like you're being attacked, look at what is in you that is attracting that attack. There's a lot of like, a lot of times attack, be it psychic, be it physical, be it a car accident or something really strong like that. It comes in because we are needing to ground ourselves and ground our energy. And so I work a lot with grounding. Like, I know I'm doing medicine readings up here on the fifth floor in the middle of New York city. And so it takes a lot to like ground my energy. And that is really the bats for me and getting into nature and like getting bare feet in nature and breathing fresh air. That really helps a lot. Yeah. That's all so helpful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing with us. And thank you for being here. I love that now that we're wrapping up, we have perfect connection. (laughs) I'm like, I I need to take advantage of this and keep keep talking to you. Um, Well, (laughs) something tells me that I would really like to do a follow up with you in person. So whether that be in New York before you go to LA when I'm there, or whether that be the next time that we're in the same place after that, I think it would be really cool to talk to you without without the barrier of Skype and computers <laughs> and um, 
continue to ask you questions. So I would love that. I think everyone listening would love that. So everybody listening, if you guys have further questions for Deborah, tell me now and we'll save them for next time. And Deborah, thank you again for taking time out of your busy bumblebee schedule to talk to (laughs) us and to hang out. And thank you again for my medicine reading that seriously changed my life. And I want to do another one. So maybe in person, we can do that too. Yeah, that would be great. I can't wait to see you again in person for sure. Yay. Me too. Well, thank you again. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode with Mama Medicine, Deborah Hannekamp. She blows me away with her courage to go after exactly what she wants. And I feel like she's one of those people who came to this earth and knew exactly what she was doing, how to execute it. And yes, it took her a long time to figure that out. And she was very patient and she didn't act very quickly, which is something that I could take a page out of her book from. I'm always trying to do things as fast as humanly possible. And I'm just inspired by her whole journey and the healing that she brings to the world. Her accuracy is above and beyond. You know, I love sharing healers and medium psychic, you know, type of things, shamans with you who are truly accurate. And I can say with 150% certainty that Deborah is so legitimate and what she picked up on with me and other people that I know as well is just truly remarkable. So you should definitely try to get a session with her in New York or wherever she travels to or on Skype, Mama Medicine. And you can find her on Instagram at Mama Medicine. So I know that you will enjoy learning more about her and becoming a super fan of her like I am. Also, just wanted to remind you about our fabulous sponsors from the episode. Today, we had Four Sigmatic, which you can always go to foursigmatic.com slash blonde to get that 15% off discount code, which is life-changing medicinal mushroom products. We also had the wonderful Thrive Market. You can use the code blonde thrivemarket.com slash blonde rather the link to get 25% off of your non-gmo groceries and snacks and we had the fabulous daily harvest smoothie cups you can use the code soul at daily-harvest.com to get three free cups in your first box so we have lots of good stuff here you know i always love to share the brands that are changing my life, making me, making my healthy lifestyle easier to maintain. Praise the universe above because, you know, life gets busy and things can get in the way of that sometimes. So I really hope that you enjoyed this episode with the fabulous Deborah. And if you're looking to join the conversation and stay active in the TBB tribe, head to Facebook, type in the Soul on Fire podcast tribe. And I will accept you to the group. Introduce yourself. Tell us all about you. It's a really fun and amazing crew of humans. And we have a lot of fun. And also, if you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast, 
I would love that. It means a lot to me. And I have a gift for you that I send to everyone who takes the time to rate and review the show on iTunes and then sends me a screenshot to jordan at thebalancedblonde.com. I will send you my blogging tips and tricks document that I send to everyone who rates and reviews the show. So thank you so very much for listening. I appreciate you all to the moon and I cannot wait to talk to you again next week. Love you all and have a very magical soul on fire day.